Hello, and welcome to A Live Edition Blethering, a podcast where two 30-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Chris Lavender, and with me is my fellow host, Keith McLeod. Today on A Live Edition Blethering, I'd like to talk about Parkway Drive, Killing With A Smile. I listened to the wrong album. Killing with a smile. I thought we were listening to Horizons. Yeah, Horizons is better. There we go. End of podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> is it better? I mean, I think I prefer it. Doesn't make it better, but no, I did. I did listen to Killing with a Smile. Hello, everyone. Now, thank you very much for for joining us. Uh, we are alive just blathering. We're gonna we're gonna talk about Parkway Drive very very broadly. I think today because. As both me and sure. Keith have discovered in in this in this listening session, "Killing with a Smile" is an absolutely fine album, but man, did they fucking top it afterwards! Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I listened to "Killing with a Smile," uh, which I'd never done before before the podcast. I, I I'm familiar with Parkway Drive, but I started with Horizons, and in the first three songs of Horizons, my heart rate went up about thirty BPM. <laughs> you know and that's not killing with a smile's fault you know you know there's killing with a smile is a a fine album it's a fine album but holy shit horizons just punches you in the gut and you're like thank you sir can i have some more (laughs) totally well thank you anyone for coming back uh do join us on instagram twitter facebook at aogb podcast or send us an email aogb.podcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you join the conversation tell us what you think do you think horizons was the better album do you have a a candle do you hold a candle to killing with a smile like i thought i did until about a week ago love to hear from you absolutely and if you'd like to recommend us to a friend or a review on your podcast platform of choice we'd love your help in getting the message out there that we are alive or just blathering cool so I I picked this album because Parkway Drive, they weren't a breath, a breath of fresh air. They weren't reinventing the wheel, for me, anyway. Not they, on this album. They, not on this album. They just had... They took the torch that Killswitch Engage had carried so strongly. Ooh, interesting. And took it to another level, for me, anyway. And listening to Parkway Drive, for those who don't know, both Killing With A Smile and Horizons were produced by Adam D from Killswitch. And, he, and that shows. It, it, his, his style is all over them both. But they were just... Oh, I don't know what it is. There's just something that they just reached for some heights that Killswitch never tried to reach. They weren't stepping on their toes, but they just took it to where I, I wanted it to go. My first listening of Killing With A Smile and I was like, oofed, this is Darkest Hour vibes. Like there's heavy, heavy Darkest Hour vibes on this, for me at least. But when you're saying there, they sort of took the torch of Killswitch and sort of elevated it somewhat. You're, you're, you're maybe right in that respect to say that they elevated it because they maybe didn't have to, they didn't have to balance the clean in the screen. You know, there's there's some sort of gangy, not not rap, but like some almost spoken word elements. You know, the kind of the sort of the the, the vocalist just like, and they were going to open this fucking pit up. You know, there's yeah. stuff like that there. Yeah, I love but, it. That's this is it. Yeah, that's, on the I love it. It's this is so I've, I've mentioned we talked about Comeback Kid, and that hardcore element. They've got this hardcore positive element to it. I just it jeez me right up, honestly. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Hard, yeah, hardcore um, element there is is a good way to put it. And Killswitch, Killswitch never had, or yeah, Killswitch never presented that. That was never their thing. They they they, they told the line between the the clean and the, the the scream because that that was the style of their singers. You know, even between as we've spoken to extensively, Howard and Jesse, these guys were just like, you know, 
windmilling in. You know, they had their either they had their house keys in their hands and they were just <laughs> absolutely windmilling into the pit, ready to fuck someone up. Maybe even they're a little bit younger as well, like they were a little bit fresher, they were not as Perhaps I don't know why we're we're so heavily comparing them to Killswitch, but obviously the Adam D influence is there. But like, yeah, they, these guys aren't a better Killswitch; they're just a clear progression from, which I think is where you're at with this. I have to say there was a there was a a period of time where Australia just made amazing metalcore. Like, yeah, truly incredible. And, and Parkway Drive were, were heading that, were spearheading it. I listened to, I've I've been playing fucking Connect the Dots here, or the Chain. If you if anyone listens to Radio Two, whatever he has, there was a program called the Chain, um, where you just link things together. So Parkway Drive, they were good friends with a band called I Killed the Prom Queen. So Parkway Drive were really close with I Killed the Prom Queen. I Killed the Prom Queen had a singer in them originally called Crafter. He went off and started a band on, on once called Carpathian. And mm-hmm. I Killed the Prom Queen get a singer in called Ed Butcher. Ed Butcher, he was from a British, but he was a British man from the band The Hunt for Ida Wave. Meanwhile, the guitarist from I Killed the Prom Queen, Jona Weinhoffman. Weinhoffen? He went into Bring Me the Horizon. Yep. Yeah, and that's how I learned about I Killed the Prom Queen. Not previously as the band. It was when Jonah, Jonah, Jonah went to Bring Me the Horizon, and that's when I was listening to them at the time. Uh, the album he's on, um, Hell's Heaven Exists, Hell is a. That album. Do you know what I mean? There is a hell, believe me. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I love that album. This is my musical journey. For the last, the last like week, I have listened to. Killing with a smile, into horizons. Yep. yep. Uh, the I Kill the Prom Queen album, music for the recently deceased. I think it's called. Okay. And then I went into, there is a hell. Believe me, I've seen it. And the Eternal Lord album. So Ed Butcher went came back to the UK and rejoined the band that Hunt for Ida Wave became. They became Eternal Lord. He rejoined them and they had the album Blessed Be This Nightmare. Honestly, all. Th- three, four of those albums, you could put them into just this one mega genre of fucking great metalcore. That mid-2000s metalcore. Just love it. Yeah, it wasn't... I didn't really go back to I Killed the Prom Queen until until they did the 2014 Beloved. That's admittedly really the only album I know from I Killed the Prom Queen. But yeah, like everything you've just said there, I'm fully aware of at, at sort of... At some point, I... Be, you know, cross those albums, and we'll probably come back to some of them later on in in the pod. But yeah, I, my memory of Parkway Drive is just they were just so balls out and just so energetic and so forward musically, and then that all kind of just fell away. I didn't enjoy the first album they did without Adam Deep Blue. There were a number of competitors, pretenders to the throne, whatever you want to refer to them as. Ghost Inside particularly had hit yeah. an amazing stride at that stage. And I'm pretty sure their, one of their albums came out within a week of Parkway Drive's Deep Blue. And when you put the two albums side by side, I was like, well, I'm going to listen to Ghost Inside now. There was a band I'd been following for a couple. I think they had the album Re- Returners. I want to see. Yep, that was that was incredible, and it just did everything that I wanted a Parkway Drive album to do, and it didn't. So I was like, "Oh well, looks like I'm listening to Ghost Inside now." And that was that phase in that late by by this point we're into 2010 ish. So yeah, tastes tastes were definitely changing. My tastes were starting to develop into a little bit heavier. And I didn't think that Deep Blue... And I wanted that positive... I like the positive sort of rhythm and drive that I think the, the Ghost Inside were, were bringing in. And I just... For some reason, Deep Blue just never never stuck with me. I just couldn't get into it. Uh, my exposure to Parkway Drive, as I said at the top, I didn't really know 
Killing with a Smile before this. Uh, I came in on Horizons. I can't, I can't remember how. I think it was a recommendation. I think by this point, you know, 2005, maybe even I picked this album up in 2006. I'm not entirely sure. But it was just sort of, you're going out, you're hearing more songs. Sort of friends are recommending more stuff. So I ended, I, I know I started on Horizons. I remember liking Deep Blue. Horizons and Deep Blue were sort of my albums and then I sort of fell off with Atlas, the 2012 album, because I was just a bit like, this isn't... Sort of where you, where you fell off with Deep Blue, that was me for Atlas. Fair. I've got, a, I've got a really funny story about Horizons and Deep Blue as well. So at the time, I was working for uh, an IT support company and we had... The, the company was doing quite well for itself and it had got a company car because we had to do we had to go on site for clients we had to fix computers on site or if we couldn't fix them on site we had to take them back to the the workshop etc so we had this little Mitsubishi one liter colt this Mitsubishi colt car that was the this the staff company car for doing call-outs right so we weren't cleaning fuel in our own cars etc <laughs> so I burned a few CDs for the company car and of course a burnt horizons in deep blue <laughs> so there's me like ripping around mid and east lothian going to to, to call outs for customers absolutely ripping the arse out of this little one liter to like horizons in deep blue like that's that's like some of the fondest memories i have of these <laughs> albums it's just me on my own like how am i going to fix this computer i don't know but here's a beat down my story is nowhere near as interesting as that but um when horizons came out i had the da vinci code come out pretty around around this time mid 2000s Yes, and I'll tell you how I know that because I actually read that today uh, in a group chat with some friends. We were talking about the death of the iPod. Apple have now discontinued the last iPod. There will be no more iPods. R.I.P. I never rip the iPod. I never had an iPod. I just used like my phone. I just used that as an MP3 player, etc. I never even had a dedicated MP3 player. I just used my phone. And so one of the phones I had was like the Sony Ericsson IW850 or something, like one of the Walkman phones. Yeah, I had one, one myself. Sli- yep, slidey Walkman phones. And that was featured in the 2006 release Da Vinci Code. Good link. Good link. Thanks. Tedious. Tedious, but you got there. You got there. Um, I So after reading the Da Vinci Code, I got into this sort of fascination with like the Knights Templar and picked up a few books and I was reading about them and when I listened to Horizons especially the final track final track on Horizons uh, I think it's the title track isn't it I'm pretty sure yeah no you were you were sort of I think you you messaged me midweek to say how much you were loving the end of that song It, it is absolutely I just imagine this huge like 12th century knights versus you know the the, the palace the you know the fight for a- the battle for acre all these like just a massive like medieval brawl uh-huh like if they ever made a video for that i just want it to be a sl- imagine like the battle of the bastards or something in, in game of thrones just that in slow motion for four minutes that's all i imagine <laughs> when i see that video when i hear that song is just this huge fight and it's epic like big epic knights in armor and swords and bone arrows and lord with lord of the rings or game of thrones or whatever like that is what i picture in my head whenever i listen to that song and i had when i listened to horizons i was sitting in an airport waiting from waiting for my departure gate to open and i was making memes for you to send <laughs> just being like epic you know there is a genre for that, right? Like battle metal. If you if you want not to the, listen to, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not like right. Okay. There's there's something uplifting about it. You know, there's a winner in it, and it was it, there's something totally energetic about, and it, it it reaches in both albums, both in Killing with a Smile and and in Horizons, I think, um, where they clearly, Horizons they, definitely, perfected it, but the 
the beginnings were there with Killing With A Smile, these big, fat outros. So I think the outro for Romance Is Dead is just a huge, bombastic fucking kick the shit out of everything that's going around. But with a with a this sort of like positive twist to it, and I, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know whether it's the spoken word stuff, maybe like you mentioned earlier. So I don't know. Did, did we cover this? Where where did you start with Killing with a Smile? Or I think we both agree, like maybe Horizons is is our preferred album. Yeah. But why have you brought Killing with a Smile? Where where did you start with Parkway Drive? So uh, the guy I was living with at the time he had gone to Aberdeen to see Parkway Drive live Wow! in, must have been 2005. And he was just rant. he was just singing their praises, absolutely loving them. And I just, I was like, right, I'm in. And he played me Gimme AD and then he gave me the album and I just listened to it all the way through and just was like, this is, this is the best. And I think he got a hold of it because Spotify shows it was released in 2006, but pretty sure it was released in 2005 initially um yeah wikipedia has release date of 12th of september 2005 recorded may 2005 in massachusetts so they must have gone to adam d's jesus to record that with him they didn't go to his house it was recorded in zing studios westfield massachusetts i think i like there's a lot of there's just a lot to love about it it was very I don't know, I, I just I just sucked it all in at the time. It was just, it ticked all the boxes. I was like, this is great. This is exactly what I wanted to hear. I got given some Michael the Prom Queen and like I said, I'd been listening to Eternal Lord and Hunt for Ida Wave at the same time because they were British bands, sort of in a similar mm-hmm. similar genre. Again, we, we started, we're definitely into what I could probably term as like just that MySpace genre of music where you, I would just listen to top eights. I would find a band that yep. I liked, and then I would go to their top eight. And I'm pretty sure, like ninety nine percent sure, I killed the prom queen were like number one on Parkway Drives, and you just got in from there. No, fair enough. I tell you what, though, it's a bloody, it's a bloody punchy forty minutes, thirty nine and forty thirty thirty blah, 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 blah. thirty nine minutes and forty two seconds long. Not a chore. In, in the slightest. Obviously, we last week we talked about... Was it last week? Roadrunner being over an hour. Bit of a slog. Bit, bit of a thing to sort of dig through. But, nah, I can I, I totally listened to Killing With A Smell quite a few times. Listened to a lot of Parkway Drive this week, actually. And at no point did I sort of feel this was particularly laboured. Mm-hmm. I didn't think, oh, just just get on with it. Or this song's a bit bit crappy or you know this isn't doing anything for me very much could just put this album on and 40 minutes later i have probably achieved the thing i wanted to do within that 40 minutes yeah whether you're tidying or cooking dinner or whatever it's like it's a good 40 minutes is a good length and every song on the album bar like two is within three to four minutes one track romance is dead is over five minutes long Yep. So none of the tracks overstay their welcome. None of them feel laboured. None of them feel like, ah, you could have cut that a, a bar sooner or a, a chorus out of that. One criticism I will make of Killing With A Smile, as much as I, you know, it holds a place in my heart, each song basically ends the same. Every song ends with a, with a crushing breakdown. So that's a sort of another point I have. The album doesn't feel laboured. It doesn't... I don't want to skip any of it. I don't want to get th- rush any of it. But at the same time, with the amount I've listened to this album, it a lot of it bleeds into one. Yep. And, and I, it could very much just be background music. Just listening to it before we were uh, recording there, I think I think there's, there's a part of... I'm pretty sure it's in Guns For Show, Knives For A Pro, which has like, got that really like iconic... Uh, yippee ki motherfucker. If you listen to it before it was put on Spotify. So Yeah, I don't I don't know any of the quotes from this. I will talk about that in a minute. So the, the those songs have got very distinctive moments in my head where they had these these points of of reference. And listening to them they there's times I'm like, 
oh, I'm expecting this breakdown. Oh, no, that was the song before. And then yeah. I expect, I'm expecting this this breakout. Oh, wait, that was that's another song. And the songs are very, very samey. And that's and that comes from a place of love. I, I still love this album. I don't, it is not a, it's not a slight again. It, it is It is just like one of the few criticisms that can really pan against it is that I think the songs are a bit samey and they do bleed across each other. Yeah, I mean, someone corrects me if I'm wrong, but to have all the songs basically sound like they're in the same key, in the same tuning, and it's just crushing beat down after crushing beat down after growl after blast beat after awesome riff. Like, it can get a bit sort of jumbled and just sort of sound like the the one thing. And, and that's not a criticism of it. I mean, I suppose it is if you, if you, if you really want to call it that. But it's a criticism of quality. They're so good at what they're doing and I'm enjoying it so much and I'm willing to listen to it so much that, yeah, you can sort of lose lose the clarity in it a little bit. I was going to say, it's 100% something that they corrected for in Horizons. I would agree, yeah. Horizons has got some phenomenal moments in it that really stand out and make the album have some... You know, you know, it's a solid eight across the board, if you want to say, but then it's got some moments which just leap it up to a ten. And I think that's what Killing With A Smile possibly lacks. It just lacks those those accents, those those moments when it just takes it to another level. It just always balls to the wall, 100%. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really deviate from that, whereas Horizons has, those, has that balls to the wall moment, but then it just leaps up in certain sections. The songs that I can look at, looking just looking through the song titles of Horizons, I'm like, fuck yeah, Boneyards, fuck yeah, Frostbite, fuck yeah, Horizons, um, fuck yeah, Dead Man's Chest. There's just got each. Some of the songs have got these just accents. I don't know what else, how else to describe them, but it just leaps out. It leaps out at you when you listen to it and makes me stop what I'm doing and go, there's a fucking banger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you're, I think you're even not being too kind towards like Siren Song and Carry On like Carry On Boneyards fucking get in get in there Horizons is so good <laughs> Boneyards has has arguably one of my top five beatdowns of all time and it's you know there's blood in the water how many syllables just... how many syllables can you stretch out of that one sentence Oh, just stretch it forever. Just gape. Like, it's, it's absolutely Man. blows me away every time. And, it, and actually, Boneyards was a friend and I were sort of able to connect off of that. Um, he's, he's a bit younger than me, but is very, like, loves Parkway Drive. So while I was maybe sort of coming back to Parkway Drive, he was, like, always within Parkway Drive. And, like, the both of us were just like, Boneyards? Boneyards. Boneyards, like there's blood, <laughs> like and it was just, it was it, it was a beautiful moment for us. So, yeah, Horizons has those moments, and do you know what? Killing with a smile has those moments as well. They're just a bit harder to differentiate from the other moments. Definitely, that, and that that is exactly it. It's all, the best I could say for the whole whole thing is that Horizons is better in every way. But Killing with a Smile is is the template. It was the yeah it, the basis. The groundwork was laid. They they just it was they just had to perfect it. It was it was so close. But then Horizons just was like nah nah. This is how it's done. And again, it's Adam D at his peak. Is making fucking great albums with with a band that clearly were into it. I'll never understand why they they didn't work with Adam on Deep Blue because I genuinely as soon as I listen to Deep Blue I'm like this isn't the hori- this isn't the Parkway Drive that I wanted. I, I mean we'll never know. Um, it's not like we're going to get the band on the podcast, but off the top of my head, you could consider they just wanted to try a different thing, wanted to try a different producer, wanted to experiment with 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 alternative options. Not everyone. It, it's rare for a band to to keep the same sort of production team every album so 
in, in that defence, you could just say they wanted to try something new. It's not that it didn't work. I think Horizons is uh, sorry. I think Deep Blue is still a good album, but there's there's absolutely a shift there, and whether that's they wanted to shift into something new or that producer sort of brought them into something new, who knows? But it's it's interesting when you're saying about Horizons just being kill, the killing with a smile being the template. If we never got Horizons, do you think killing with a smile would be the horizons of today? That's a good question. That it's a it's an interesting thought to think if if they never released Horizons, if if they, if this was their one album, would they be with it? To me, I was already into them with Killing with a Smile, so I guess it, yeah, I would have been into them. But someone like yourself, if Horizons never existed, you might not have got into them as as much. They might they it's maybe not as accessible. It just doesn't have the same punch. There's something about Horizons where they've just tuned everything from the guitars to the vocals to the drums. Everything just sounds heavier. Everything sounds better and meatier. And it's it's great. It's really nice to see that organic growth in a band in, in what, what two years can do. What two years of hitting the road songwriting getting better at your craft and obviously the same goes for adam as well as as a producer he clearly pulled out all the stops and made it just magnificent well i suppose that's part of it as well you 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 can't disregard the experience the guys would have had on the road touring with killing with a smile you know when they've came back to it excuse me when they've came back to it a second time, they've they've done an album with Adam. They've they've done it in the same studios, Zing Studios in Westfield, Massachusetts. They've, you know, they're 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 not. They know what they're coming into, and so they're prepared for that. And so they've been able to to rather than get comfortable with the studio, get comfortable with the producer. They've been like, right, this is what we did in the last time. We want to do X, Y, and Z this time round. So they've both been able to come into that. And maybe maybe work towards that and achieve that. Possibly, I don't know. Very likely. I've seen Parkway Drive live at least twice. At least, and the first time was, I think it was called the Through the Noise tour, which was Comeback Kid. Comeback Kid supported by Parkway Drive at King Tut's, and then the second time I saw them was after Deep Blue. There was a, I think it was Taste of Chaos. And again, it was Comeback Kid, Parkway Drive, Bleeding Through, Your Demise. Mm-hmm. It was a, a great lineup at the um, O2 ABC, rest in peace. And it was a, a cracking show. I just remember just having a lot of fun at that show as well. And But that was deep. That was the deep blue side of, of Parkway Drive. So they played a lot of songs that I wasn't particularly interested in. Mm-hmm. But one of the comparisons was was bleeding through. They were really similar to them, I thought. I don't think I've seen the band. Because I can't... I I feel like they're a band I have seen. They were maybe on a support bill. It's clearly not something that sort of really sunk in for me. So I'm just going to say, no, I I haven't haven't seen them. But what did you think of them when you did see them? They were great. They were really great. They had a great stage presence. If anyone... Any of our listeners from Scotland or from England who've travelled up to see a a gig at King Tut's, it is possibly one of the best venues in of that size. I think it's only like a, I want to say three hundred capacity, if that. Yeah, we've mentioned it before. It it is only a couple hundred at most, and you just get so close to the band. It is super intimate, really low ceiling, but the, the stage is like tiny. You just it's it's barrier band. There's no there's no space for security in front of you. Uh, it's it's brilliant, and I've every gig I've seen at King Tut's has always been a good one. I've never seen a bad gig at King Tut's. Agreed. I've seen some local bands at King Tut's. That you know, hey, we're we're okay. But yeah, you're you're right. Any sort of headlining band, touring band I've seen at King Tut's 
it's a magical venue if, if you're you're right if, if you're if, if you're in the uk if your band is only ever playing king tuts go see them at king tuts that will not be a wasted journey totally i'm just uh i'm just looking back on you you're, you're sort of talking about uh australian bands you know the, the australia couldn't help but put out like some amazing bands at the time I think I might have, like I said, I, d- I didn't come on to I Killed the Prom Queen until a little bit later. I only really knew sort of Parkway Driver and about that time as well. The Australian bands I sort of did know and did get into more recently were like North Lane and Polaris. Now, I fell off North Lane hard because they stylistically changed drastically and that's fine. That was their choice. Good on you boys. You lost me. But Polaris, another. Are you familiar with Polaris? I'm aware of them. They they're the architect soundalikes, aren't they? Well, that's what people say about Northlane. People say Northlane were the architect ripoffs. Do Polaris have similarities to architects? Fucking yeah, they do. But I'd say they're really they're really good at what they do. I I picked them up on uh, through through Spotify and through their their first album, This Mortal Coil, and then their their second album, The Death of Me, was. I thought it was, was pretty shit hot as well. So, just on the topic of good Australian bands, maybe listen to Northlane's first two albums. Eh, that stretch three. But after that, I couldn't give a fuck about them. But Polaris, another good Australian metalcore band. So, I Killed the Prom Queen, they had uh, links to, I'm pretty sure their drummer was, yeah, so their drummer was JJ Peters. JJ Peters is the singer in These Nuts. Okay, holy crap! Uh, he's that was and that was one of those bands that they released an album in about two thousand and eight or two thousand seven called Stay True, and it is an absolute banger of an album. Uh, for those who who are uninitiated to it it has one of the funniest rip rip offs of like hardcore deathcore pop punk in it in one single song and it's just like a little skit that they they did for um it's the it's the track before like there's no tomorrow and they're just doing all these different versions of how they want the song to sound sort of like they're in the studio and then they're just chatting and it's just like, oh, I just want it to be like all balls out. And he's like doing like a death core version. He's like, no, that's not what I mean. And he's like, no, it needs to be like, you know, fast and stuff. And he's like, so then he does like a pop punk one. He's like, what the fuck was that? It's just, a, a re- I found it hilarious. Me and my friends that we listened to it at the time were like, this is just gold. Because it was. I have an absolute confession to make here. I never got into these nuts and I didn't even know they were Australian. Really? I never listened to these nuts. They just sort of, they just sort of irked me the wrong way. At at the time, and I was a bit like, ah, oh, I can't be fucked with you. I've never listened to these nuts. Don't don't think I want to either. And and another one I'm just seeing there was a band called the Red Shaw. Uh, they were they were from from Victoria, and they were like real balls to the wall fucking death metal at the time proper like good death call more technical death metal <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna split hairs on it but they had some amazing tracks but they were in a in a really bad bus crash with mm, uh, when they're on tour in america i think and it it fucking killed the singer um so it that was like the end of the band unfortunately um they came back but yeah, it's just not the same. A singer is so important to a band's sound, and I think as with with I Killed the Prom Queen, there's there's two different versions available of their their debut album, uh, music for the recently deceased, as far as I remember, because there's the version with Ed Butcher doing the vocals, and then they released a version right. which had been recorded with Crafter, and that was and again this is probably why I really latched into this sound vehicle the prom queen was it had that sort of 
In Flames' Darkest Hour at the Gates sound about it because it was produced by Frederick Nordstrom, who's uh, he's the the guitarist from Dream Evil, but he he was doing In Flames albums. He was producing at the Gates and he did he he did like some really early In Flames stuff like Horacle and uh, Jester Race and things. Holy shit! I've never heard of this guy before, but if you look at his production credits, it runs from 1990 to 2021. Oh, he produced Clayman, like one of yeah. my favorite In Flames albums. He is, he is massive, and he was involved on this. So that's where I think there's this. Again, I, I think I said something similar with Darkest Hour is that they have this really like Gothenburg European metal sound about them, but they made it made it their own, and they did a split with Parkway Drive very early on in 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 like the mid two thousands, which is how, and obviously they're Australian bands, and I. As I understand it, Australia, unlike the United Kingdom, everyone visits the United Kingdom, or they did when they toured Europe. You would get, yeah, you would get a date in each country, and you, then you'd get like five dates in the UK, and you might only get two dates in Germany, two in France, one in Spain, six or seven in the UK. Going to Australia and vice versa, getting Australian bands to come to the UK, thinking about it, it's mental. Like the the lengths that these bands are having to travel to to the other side of the earth to play yeah. to an audience, whereas then you go to Australia, what you'd have like maybe four cities that you'd play. You'd yeah, no, I see what you mean. Yeah, you'd maybe play four cities on this entire continent-sized island, and one of them is like an eight-hour flight away because yeah, you're going to play the. Yeah, you're going to play, what is it? I don't know how the coasts in Australia work because it's a different hemisphere. But, like, obviously you've got Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, Canberra and all that down one side. And then all the way on the other side of, like, the dog face or the cat face, whichever one it is, you've got Perth. And, you know, you, as a band, it's hard enough, you know, travelling Europe as a as a hardcore band, pulling in 12 people in a show, trying to get the petrol to get from one venue to the next. Try doing that in Australia, where it's like, like you say, Perth, Perth to is it Melbourne? That's, uh, I think that's the closest like big cities. That's that's fucking the length of Europe. That's like driving from fucking Portugal to Russia. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've never been to Australia, but yeah, Melbourne and Perth are, are opposite coasts. But like, I think it's only like an hour's flight from Sydney to Melbourne, or like I don't know, like a six-hour drive or something. Once you're on that gold coast, it's it's everything's all in one place. It's like this sort of really cosmopolitan metropolitan areas. But you come to the UK and we're a very dense country and people don't travel far. People don't like to travel more than like an hour for a gig. <laughs> it's well, a, yeah, we kind of I suppose in the UK you kind of don't need to do. That's it. If, if a band comes over, it's fully expected for them to do London, Birmingham, Manchester, Glasgow, Newcastle. If you're lucky, they'll do Edinburgh. If you're lucky, they'll do Aberdeen. They might pick a Sheffield or Nottingham in there as well. Yeah. Really easy. So so to bring us back to Parkway Drive, to bring us back to Killing With A Smile, where do you sort of sit with Parkway Drive now? You fell off at Deep Blue... Did you go back to Ayer 2015 or Revengeance 2018? I think there's a more recent album as well, isn't there? Uh, v- was it Viva the La Underdogs or Viva the... Yeah, is that not the live album? Viva I listened to that. 2020. I gave that a listen. I I haven't got into their new stuff. Um, that I think I think I tried to listen to one of the, the later albums. It was possibly Ayer, if not after the one afterwards and i think mm. i remember talking to you about this at the time it was it was re- reverence reverence there's a glaswegian band called bleed from within that are doing it better uh they there's a band i've been listening to sort of on and off for the last 15 years because 20 years because they've just always been there seeing them play gigs at subway cowgate when they had a different singer and all this stuff and now now they're this massive they're doing so well for themselves. I'm super pleased to see them doing really well, and they sound 
like a better parkway drive like a a, a more ballsy parkway drive is, is a is a really nice thing to see uh but i don't think i'm aware of bleed from within and that pisses me off they they've got an interesting story because they got signed into a record deal with a a gentleman named mark daghorn mm-hmm. uh of rising records yep and he was well known at fucking bands over unfortunately Oh no. He fucked over Mendeed and they realized what position they were in. They couldn't get out of it for whatever legal clauses in the contract. So they rushed out like three albums just to say that we've released our contract. We can you can release us from the contract now. Right. And they came back in like two thousand and twelve with uh, it was it was a quite a banger if i remember rightly uprising is the 2013 release i see the artwork yeah it was uprising that was it so on do they have anything before they don't have anything before then on spotify by the looks of things there we go that'll be why noise yeah they did humanity in 2009 and empire in 2010 so that that's probably the two back-to-backs that they rushed they're not even classed as studio albums. They're classed as other releases. I see. Okay. Damn. Yeah, they they're a, they are a a great band. Some like if you fans for fans of like White Trapple, uh, Betraying the Martyrs. Uh, they they were they're great and they really. I will follow these guys. What's that? Sorry. I will follow these guys. I think you'd enjoy them. I genuinely think you'd enjoy them. Nice. But that, that that coming to the point, do I listen to Parkway Drive today? No, I will hands down listen to Horizons and Killing with a Smile any day of the week. Though those two albums have never been cheapened, if that's a word. Provocative. They've they've never released anything that that's made me think oh, I can't listen to them anymore. Mm-hmm. Unlike say. Bring me the horizon. Wow. Who can't believe you just said that. I really struggle to listen to Bring Me the Horizon these days. I don't listen to Bring Me the Horizon. I think we've t- I think we've discussed this, but I don't listen to Bring Me the Horizon these days. I can't. I just can't do it. I listened they to went a different path. I, I listened to There Is a Hell, believe me, I've seen it, and then I went on to listen to their live from Albert Hall album. Which I think is admirable and really well made, and it sounds great. It's got some banging moments in it, but there, that album they made, Emo, fucking hell. Oof, jump the shark, boys. Sorry. Clearly, chasing chasing a trend that I am nowhere near aware of, and good on them. They're they're massive. They're one of the biggest alternative acts in the world now and that's mad to say considering they started on 30 days of night in a bedroom in leeds you know on a on jamie's label in in leeds and playing songs called raw and on the on the first ep and seeing them like and and i've seen them live like mm, at least twice in the studios doing like songs from Suicide Season and County Blessings. R.I.P. Studio 24 if you're a, if you're not an Edinburgh local and you don't know what the studios are. R.I.P. the studios indeed. But then then to see them now like headlining downloading is amazing. It's, I'm, I'm absolutely like 100% there's, there's a lot of respect for them. But they're shit. But I can't <laughs> listen to you anymore. I'm sorry. You've I'm joking. You, you've I'm joking. jumped the shark. Um, I did. I did enjoy going back to there is a hell. Believe me, I've seen it. If you haven't, because it... we did. Uh, we did talk about them on how like you. Saw, I think you did credit them as saying they are are clearly incredibly talented at picking the next trend. Yes, they they they're clearly very talented at knowing what will be the sort of next popular sound. What will be the next popular trend. And playing to that, uh, as opposed to sticking to like the sort of 
you know, grindcore or metalcore that they sort of were beforehand. Yeah, they're a band that they, every album sounds unique and every album moved with the times and they've that's paid off for them. It's paid yeah, it's it's literally created their life for them and, and it's I've got massive respect for that. I just can't listen to it myself. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm I'm the same. But anyway, fuck bring me the rise and we're not here to talk about them. I I'm sort of the same boat as you. I I fell off with, with Deep Blue. I never really went back sort of as far as I was aware they became a bit more generic. The sort of some of the later stuff became a bit more generic, became a little bit they became a little bit less hard, a little less edgy. Not that you have to be an edge lord for me to like you as a band, but it was just I was just listening to other things that I enjoyed better and and Parkway Drive just sort of slipped away from that. So I have thoroughly loved coming back to Horizons and and hearing Killing with a Smile. I think it's been great. Really enjoyed the album. But is it going to bring Parkway Drive back into my repertoire? Nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I was I was pretty happy with where I was with them. They 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 were a band that I kind of thought, yeah, no, those guys have I've got chops. They'll, they'll do good things, but not not what I'm listening to at the moment. So, thank you for bringing "Killing with a Smile." You're welcome. It was fun. What it, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> not a bother. Not a bother. Any time. Uh, is now that time for our one and only segment? What are you listening to? What am I listening to? What are you listening to? Outside of Parkway Drive. I found that Godmother released their EP. I'm going to absolutely slaughter this. Obevil Click? Godmother. Are they. are not the band I was thinking of. Okay, who are Godmother? Godmother are a band from. I think they're from Sweden. I saw them live at Bannerman's about two or three years ago. They are signed to the label that is either run by or supported by Kurt Ballou. They've mm-hmm. got a very convergy metalcore sound and very Dillinger, very Dillinger. Uh, right. Ben Wyman apparently invited them to play at a showcase at South by Southwest because he, he, he has that much respect for them. They're great, and they've just released a new EP, so that got a good few plays. And I also had listened to the new Alexis on Fire tracks. They've they've released another single mm-hmm. uh, called Otherness, but it gave me another listen on that that one they released quite recently. Was it Sweet Dream? Right, so Sweet Dreams of Otherness is what came out this week, but they also had Reverse the Curse. Okay, and they're great tracks. I think they 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 sound really promising, and I'm actually really looking forward to a new Alexis on Fire album now. Are we getting a new Alexis on Fire album? We'll find out when it arrives, or if it doesn't. If it, this will be the new tool, won't it? It could well be. It's been a long time since Alexis released an album. Well, did they, yeah? It, it's I don't know that they specifically reformed to release new music. I think they just reformed to make money. I mean, uh, to tour again. Yeah, well, that, yeah, exactly. That's that's sort of where I'm, I'm at. Like, did they just reform to say, oh, here, we're still a band, we're still active, and we'll do tours, but, you know, are, are they doing new material? Don't don't know. Well, two new songs that are on Spotify, I'd recommend them. Get them on your, get them on your playlist, give them a listen, see what you think. Nice, nice. When you said Godmother, I thought God Eater, which are another Scottish hardcore band. Sorry, I recognise the name. I've mentioned them before, definitely early on, early on. But yeah, God Eater. They've. Uh, I saw today that they released a new music video, and they've got a single up called The Hatchet. So good on God Eater. But that's not something I've been listening to. Um, what, oh, what I've been listening to is entirely different to what I would normally listen to. So I spent my weekend at an eighties weekend. 80s weekend I went away with some friends it was not my choice to go to this venue but we went to 
a very famous British, I'll say English, but British English seaside holiday destination. And it was an adult's 80s weekend. I was with 40 other dudes. And all I did all weekend was either get absolutely buried and or listen to 80s tunes. Fuck the 80s, man. I am done with that decade. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm on, honestly, every night I just got bored. Like, it didn't, didn't matter how drunk I got. I just, every night I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I can't be on the dance floor anymore. I can't pretend to sing to Bon Jovi anymore. I can't pretend to do X, Y, and Z. This is not interesting. This is not fun. I need to get the fuck out of here. So I didn't have a lot of time to, to listen to other music apart from Parkway Drive because I attended... I, I had my weekend at an 80s weekend. Very good. So It was shit. <laughs> the weekend was amazing the weekend was amazing the banter was there you know it was it was a good time with the boys you had a boys weekend very nice but listening, musically... listening to Rick Astley and Aerosmith and Bon Jovi oh, God. yeah all of it all of it Wonderful. and just you know more there was a, an 80s artist called Tapau there oh yeah I think Simple Minds were there I just didn't know if it was the real Simple Minds or not the real Anyway, that was uh, th- th- this will be a pretty short segment. That was my weekend. Very good. Well, I'm glad you. Or, glad or you had that, your was, that was what else I was listening to. <laughs> Not to bother. Well, next week it's you. So what are you gonna? What What am I gonna be treated to next week? This is gonna be a real fucking treat. This is I'm I'm getting into this. I'm starting to be. I'm starting to get a bit excited about this uh, because we get to spend the next week listening to Kazaya. Fucking protest the hero. Wonderful. Oh, strong memories. I'm gonna end up listening to Fortress just while we've done like a whole episode talking about the wrong wrong album. Kazaya and Fortress, they've got a similar vibe. I feel. Oh, I don't. I don't. What would I prefer, Kazaya or Fortress? That's tough. Maybe because yep. maybe I I think Kazaya still has it. Maybe. Maybe. I'm gonna this is gonna be I've got my week to judge. This is this is it. I'm gonna listen to I mean, two albums back to back and I will have an opinion. By the end of by the time we come to record next time, I will have an opinion which I prefer. All I'm gonna do for the next week is listen to Protest the Hero, because I still actively listen to Protest the Hero. I think they're amazing. They're I've said it before on the pod, their last album, Palp Set, was phenomenal. Fucking the internet's busiest music nerd can eat shit on his opinion on Protest the Hero. I love this band. I actively still listen to them. I'm very much looking forward to going back to Kazaya. And, and yeah, let's 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 talk PTH. Let's talk Protest the Hero. You know, let's talk about the good guys. Let's talk about the hockey. Sick, sick. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We have been alive or just blethering. Please do check us out on our socials at AOGB podcast or send us an email aogb.podcast at gmail.com and next week Keith is going to be talking about Protest the Heroes Kazaya looking Kezia? forward to it Kazaya I mean he sings it Kazaya Kazaya amazing good night good night <laughs>